The Let's Talk podcast was inspired by Mesquite ISD's leadership and empowerment team, or LET for short. Our mission is to remove cultural, gender, and race-related obstacles to ensure MISD students become the leaders they want to be. Here are your hosts, Dr. LaDonna Gully and Ted Madden. Welcome and thanks for listening to the Let's Talk podcast. Our guest today is an educator with a wealth of experience from around the world and around the state of Texas, and we look forward to seeing how those experiences help him serve Mesquite ISD today. My name is Ted Madden. I create videos for the Mesquite ISD Communications Department, and I'm a 47-year-old white man. My name is Dr. LaDonna Gully. I am the Director of Leadership and Empowerment, and I am a 51-year-old African-American woman. And I am Angel Rivera. I'm the Assistant Superintendent of Innovation and Leadership from Mesquite ISD, and I am a 48-year-old Hispanic man. I'll give Dr. Rivera's quick personal and professional resume and then allow him to go into greater detail. Born and raised in Puerto Rico, served seven years in the Army, then worked in school districts in the Houston area, Nacogdoches, Mansfield, Garland, and now Mesquite. I left a lot of room for you to fill in the blanks. <laughs> well, that's, as, as, as you said, is uh, five different districts and, um, and also different size districts, which actually brings a new perspective on how to do things. Um, a lot of times uh, I find myself inadequate in Mesquite because every time I'm in a room is, uh, oh, I've been in Mesquite 20, I've been in Mesquite 30, 35, 36 years. Uh, and so I always I always come back with, uh, yeah, but I've been in five different districts. And uh, and it's, it's actually a, um, I wouldn't say it's an advantage, but it, it's a it brings a different perspective on how to do things. Um, I've been lucky enough to be at different levels. As a principal, I led three different levels. Uh, and, and so that gave me a perspective to holistically see where kids um, have been, are, and need to be as, as it prepares you for central office roles. Because as you all know, we make decisions that affect the entire district. And so I like to think that my stance at those different levels brings me closer to understanding how the decisions that I make in my role in the district affect all different levels of, of the education uh, pre-K-12. Mm-hmm. And talk about a little bit about your military background, because that is really, I think that that definitely impacts what we do. So uh, a military background, I, I think really, uh, I always tell people everywhere I go that my leadership training uh, can be tracked way back to the, the, the military and um, working in um, 82nd Airborne Division, uh, going to Airborne School, Ranger School, getting my expert infantryman's badge at a very early rank. And then because of that, I was transferred to South Korea. And in South Korea, I was selected to go work for United Nations. A lot of people don't get to do that. And so working with United Nations, uh, that experience alone exposed me to so many different cultures because you're working with the Swiss, uh, Norwegian government, you're working with um, Europe uh, Alliance. And so interacting with all of them, every every culture brings their own nuance and, and their own twist and flair to what's important, not only in military uh, operations, but also in, in social etiquette and, and things they consider important. So I think that military training, it gave me a true appreciation for cultures throughout that uh, in the military. You know, I lived in South Korea for the entire year, traveled to Germany. Uh, I've been to Paris, Greece. And and so those things, I'm lucky that it happened after I was stationed for United Nations. So then 
I was able to go there and, and truly appreciate the cultures for what they are, uh, embrace, um, and, and really learn from that. So by the time I came back to the United States, I was well-traveled. And then that's after I finished my military training and received an honorable discharge at the rank of staff sergeant, then I came back to, and, and attended college and, and did U of H, the University of St. Thomas. And my last stint where I got my doctorate was University of uh, Stephen F. Austin State University. You know, we talk a lot about perspective on this podcast, and yes. and usually it's about race. Like your perspective as a black woman, mine as a white man, yours as a, as a Hispanic man. But you can have so many different perspectives, and you've got perspective as a former mili- member of the military and an educator. I've got my perspective as a video producer where I see mm-hmm. a lot of things and think, how could I make that a video? So when you talk about seeing the different cultures, I mean, you've got that much more perspective from seeing these other cultures. I just in this in this position now and in this day and age, how much has that helped you with what you do professionally? Oh, it's been paramount. I'll tell you a big difference. Uh, I've always been a, a people person, and in my personality it shows. But I always studied people behavior, and one of the things that I noticed, and I, and I'm gonna share this here because I think it's relevant. When we PCS or transferred from uh, the mainland, what they call it in the military, to Korea, something very uh, interesting happened in the behavior of. Um, all the people that PCS now within the group that PCS together, there were African-Americans, they were white and there was a few Hispanics. One thing that I noticed as soon as we arrived to country, which is South Korea, uh, the Republic of Korea, we formed a bond. We were together the entire year. There were very little differences when there was a, uh, an issue, a problem. We stood up for each other. It was a, it was like a band of brothers approach to our, our tour in Korea. But once the year elapsed and we all went back to similar units back in the 82nd Airborne Division, something that I observed was that everyone went back to their traditional cliques or groups, social groups. Uh, and whenever I encountered one of them, whether we were exercising or conducting drills and waved at them, there was a friendly wave, but it wasn't like it was when we were in Korea. We were We were together. We stood for each other. And so that experience alone, that sense of belonging, we had something in common. And if you look at every other, any, any, any dispute, any war, any, any major world um, uh, war that we've had, it's always been based on differences. It's been on one group, uh, averting their difference on another group and making that, uh, it's not always about race. And we talk about that in the scope of our landscape today, but Look within Africa. Uh, there's been genocide, and they're all they're all of the same race. That's right. It's the differences, and when we, as adults, are aware of the differences, for the sake of embracing and not segregating or pointing out as, as what's inferior and what's superior, I think we become uh, closer together. So that experience in the military alone, um, just dealing with Americans, but also dealing with cultures. And so one of the first things that I noticed when I got to Korea is that um, I did not understand a word that was going on. So I quickly, I've always been a good student of language, so I quickly uh, acquired a Hangul book and I started to practice. And within three months, I was able to translate for other people that have been in country eight, six, ten months. And their question was always, how come you can speak this language I wasn't conjugating very well the to be verb, but I was able to go shopping. I was able to, you know, traverse the transportation system. 
And their question was, how come you, you, you're so much better at this than we are? And my answer was always the same. I took an interest in the culture. I took an interest in the language. And because of that, the Koreans were so much more uh, recipient to actually interacting with me. And even though I butchered the language at times, they gave me grace and they mm-hmm. invited me into their homes. I was able to uh, share a, a communal meal that is very uh, interesting in their culture. I was able to see firsthand uh, the difference between Eastern culture and Western culture and, and where we um, don't revere our, our elders as much as they do. They really show a lot of respect and that always stayed with me. So those experiences in the military gave me a perspective and appreciation. Um, we talk in the United States a lot about tolerance, right? And I like to replace the word tolerance with appreciation. Every culture has. Um, I don't want you to tolerate me. I want you to appreciate my differences. And at times, those differences actually become an asset. And I think that is what we need to do as we educate children. Appreciate the differences, just don't tolerate them. Because at some point in time, that difference is going to be an asset. And that's the way that I like to carry um, myself through my leadership positions. And not only in the school district, but also as a representative of of Mesquite ISD into the Mesquite community, because that's one of my duties is to... Uh, be in the community and and, and embrace uh, that community and bring them on board so they can feel part of Mesquite ISD. That is, I, I love it. And I will tell you that there's actually research that really talks about the fact that there are two entities where as Americans, we really come together. And it's in those forms of the military and it's also sports. And so this is one of the reasons why people really love sports. Sports because it's the one time that we all come together, we can root for our favorite team, and we're all in sync with winning. And so I think that that sharing your story like that is really it. Instantly, I instantly connected with that. It's and interesting so, you bring that up because mm-hmm. I had that exact same thought. Before. We didn't talk about this, uh-huh. but I think what's good about sports, and and you can tell me this about the military, is it's at that level, it's a true meritocracy in a lot of ways. In sports, you're going to put the best player on the field. You're going to put the best pl- runner in the race. And I feel like it's probably the same way in the military. It is. And, and you're really, you know, people talk about patriotism. But, but when you're in the military, you develop a sense of, of brotherhood. And so you do your job. Um, when we were in, you know, there were many times I was in Korea at um, observation post. And the observation post was a ridge. Uh, the only side in, in South Korea was the tip of that ridge. The other side, all three sides were North Korean side. And so you did your, you know, you did your duty, you did your post. Yeah, you're, you're patriotic uh, because you're serving your country. A lot of people go into the military for different reasons. But when you're there, you do it because you want to protect your brother. Uh, black, white, Asian, or I even served with some uh, Israeli-American people. They were in the military at that particular time in Korea with me. And you did your duty because you wanted to protect your brother, regardless of the differences. And so that is something that it's it's really in existence in the military. Um, and much like you guys talk about, it also rooting for a team and in sports, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I would tell you, I'm thinking about just your job now because now you're rooting for the Mesquite ISD team and for all 38,000 students here um, that we currently serve. So when you think about equity, what do you, how do you view that when you look at the students that we currently serve here in Mesquite? When I look at equity through uh, and, and, you know, my duties and as far as the main duties, right, is um, innovation leadership. But I'm also the legislative officer for the district. So 
attract that as well. When I look at equity, I, I look at access. I look at opportunity. I, I look at everyone understanding that regardless of what the difference is, you have an opportunity to be whatever you want to be. Is you want to use the, you know, be all you can be, Army motto. But also, uh, you know, Dr. Vrulin talks about, um, you know, creating self-determinant adults mm-hmm. uh, and the quality of their own freedom. And so I know he was on this po- podcast earlier, early in the first, I believe, the first episode, and he talked about that. And that's that's what I – you should be able to determine what your future is going to look like. The quality of your freedom, you should have ownership of that regardless of the differences. You should be able to uh, – to design that as you go through Mesquite ISD as an employee or as a student. I know we focus a lot on students, but we also, you know, our first core value is people first. That's right. And so living within that core value of people first, we want to ensure that you can be all you can be within Mesquite ISD. You can, you can design your own leadership development, whether it's positional or skills related, because there's, there's a difference. And then if you're a student, you can be anything. And then the staff that, is here is actually a resource for you versus being an impediment. And I think that that alone, um, when we talk about let the let work, it's about um, having people, first of all, know themselves. Uh, we, we talk a lot about uh, equity training and we talk a lot about um, how do we educate staff so they, they become an asset for students. Well, that starts from within. And and the the journey starts from within. It is not an ex- external external journey. It's a is a journey from within. So you yourself have to be able to be reflective. And I don't care what anybody says. And I would I would argue this until I was come home. Right, everyone has biases. Um, your life experiences have given you um, certain scenarios. They're comfortable to you, but you have not experienced everything. And the things that you have not experienced, you have a mental model of what they should be like, act like, smell like, taste like. Until you experience them, you cannot put that theory to the test. And so within those biases, um, they're built off of ignorance. And ignorance is not a bad word. It's just a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, ignorance can be fixed, all right? You you can build and 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 build in the knowledge pieces. So that journey from within has to start. So then our staff can really remove the obstacles that we talk about in a mission of let. Uh, we talk about removing obstacles. Well, you cannot remove an obstacle until you know that it's there. And so self-reflection is the first step, recognizing it. And then once you recognize it, then your behaviors can start to change because you become aware of those obstacles. One of your areas of oversight is leadership development, which makes me wonder how close are you and LaDonna going to work together? So we actually started already. We, yes. we periodically meet and, um, you know, we talk about lead and there's a component of students. Uh, well, the component of students there as we look further down and we're in the middle of building the strategic roadmap. So hopefully uh, there's going to be an emergence leaders program that we would like to. Right. We're going to take it to the committee. Uh, but we would like to develop which uh, students actually developed their leadership skills, but it's a very intentional approach. Where ours, and that's going to be LaDon, Dr. Gully's work, right? But the piece that actually uh, intersects is going to be the uh, staff leadership development piece. And so 
are uh, what we call leading through ownership. And our leading through ownership is very intertwined with let. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, people are, people are identified or tapped for leadership. That's usually the way that it works in education. And so what we're trying to do with leadership through ownership is you being able to identify yourself, own your development, map it. The resources are accessible to any staff member. And then you, at some point, you may want to bring somebody into the process, but that's your decision. And so you share your profile with uh, maybe your supervisor or maybe a mentor that you believe can help you through the process. And then you access those, you grow. And we talked about growing in skills, but then maybe you want to grow in positions as well. So then you map that and you look at your evidence of impact and maybe you want to become an assistant principal, then you want to become a principal and you map that trajectory. And so you're not depending on anybody else to say, you know, Angel, I think you have some leadership skills. You're able to identify yourself and then you control that versus what we used to do before that waiting for somebody to tap into you and say, I think. And what, what happens there and is that we, we tend to identify people that have qualities and skills much like our own. And so you tap people that look uh, look and act kind of like you. And sometimes it's kind of like a homogeneous uh, selection. And so this, this will actually build equity into the process. And so I'm excited. And so Dr. Gully and I have a lot of conversations about how we can do this. And um, I know I'm going to attend uh, uh, one of the uh, LED team committee meetings and, and maybe talk a little bit about that. I've shared some um, resources that that we have and are leading through ownership with her. And so I'm excited to to intertwine the two. Um, I'm sure I'll probably get to, uh, you know, have some discussion with her about the Emergent Leaders Program once we get it started, uh, because it's 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 about it's about building leaders across um, the district and students, staff, um, because if we do that, then we're going to be in a very good position in Mesquite that the people that we are, they're leaving our school district as students and becoming adults and our adults that are educating our kids are in the same playing field and it's just going to benefit our city overall. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And I think that um, you actually mentioned something when we talk about just bias again. I mean, when you choose people who are like you, they typically look like you, they act like you, they're they're perfect because they're just like right. we you. We all think we're right? great, right? Exactly, right? And so the one thing that this work really does is allow individuals to say, hey, you know what? I have something to offer. I have something to bring to the table. And hey, I want to do this. And so now I have a platform. I have a map where I can literally follow this and get the mentors that I need, speak to the people that I need to speak to, uh, be able to collaborate with some people on some key um, initiatives that we're working on within the district, be able to do some things different that ultimately lead me to my own individual pathway. It is huge. It is the epitome of what equity is. And I think that um, no matter how afraid, because of course we've heard, you know, there, there is some fear to that also because people are like, okay, so how is that going to happen? How, what is that going to look like? As we begin to really reveal and put those things out there for people to see, they are going to be not only amazed, but they're going to be like, you know what? They just gave me the keys to my own success. So I, I, I am really, really excited. And it's really great to work with Dr. Rivera, too. <laughs>
We talk a lot about the reading material that's good for the kind of work we're doing. Yes. Uh, how to be an anti-racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stamped is yes. a good one I just finished recently. Oh, and um, so you want to talk about so race, talk which about is really race. popular right now within our district. A lot of our teachers and uh, principals um, are reading that book. And we have um, another one that is uh, being culturally responsive for the brain. And so that those are two, one, two that are really out there. But moving forward, I know that we're going to be doing more book studies and we want to really have these conversations. But I think that it is really, really hard for people to get involved because no one wants to be blamed. And that is not the purpose here. The purpose here is to really create equitable outcomes for our students that they that are attainable, but ultimately educate ourselves so that we become more responsive to the students and their needs. And so, yes, you know, and so and, and with that with that in mind, you know, there's I've gotten a lot of feedback from people in the district uh, in terms of the work and the book studies, and, and so I did a little bit of research and a book that I stumbled across, and I, and I will tell you, um, in the previous comments, I said that the journey starts from within. And I think this book speaks to that very clearly. And in the title of the book is How Good People Fight Bias, The Person You Mean to Be. I think all of us, and the author is Dolly uh, Cuff, uh, C-H-U-G-H. And I think a lot of us in our interactions um, intend to be a certain way, but our subtleties and how we interact um, may, may give a, a, a contradictory um, opinion to someone else about what we believe. And, and so we think we're being, um, you know, we're acting in, a, in, a, in alignment with our morals and what we believe in, but the subtleties is what gives it away. And I think that book, The Person You Mean to Be, it's, it's a book that really uh, causes uh, reflection on the indiv- at the individual level. Uh, you can't be part of the solution until you understand the problem. And I think understanding the problem is, is really the, uh, what we're looking at at the core here. If you don't understand yourself, you do not understand the problem. And then you don't understand what role you play in that problem. And so understanding, I think that book is it's really, and it gives a lot of perspective. It's not just race. It's a lot of, it's based on differences. It's religious differences, uh, sexual preference differences. And we all, we all have biases. The quicker we recognize them the quicker we can do something about it. Exactly. And biases and that, I, I want to say that again, uh, Dr. Rivera, because I agree. We all have biases. It doesn't matter who we are, where we've come from. Our experiences are the only experiences that we know. We don't know anyone else's experience. And so we can't speak to that. And so we use our own experiences to then push off on others. And that is bias. So I want to thank you so much for sharing that book with us because it is a great read. Um, And we will be really looking at just the types of books that we're going to bring to the table and that we're going to continue to um, allow our staff um, to become a part of because they want to read. They want to, you know, I will tell you what's so amazing. Everybody wants to read and everyone wants to learn. And one of the things that we have to do is really be able to have conversations and feel like, hey, let me go to Dr. Rivera and ask him about this. Let me come to Dr. Gully and ask her. Let me go to this person. Or let me just sit down even with, with you know, just groups of people, my best friends that I know, and say, you know, have you thought about, have you considered? That is really important moving forward. And I think that, you know, the more conversations that we have, the more dialogue and discourse that we put ourselves in, 
allowing ourselves to be uncomfortable. I want people to know that, guess what? You're not the only one that's uncomfortable. I am too. Because it's it's hard. It's hard to talk about race. It's hard to talk about a gender. It's hard to talk about sexual preference. Those things are very hard. I mean, what do they say in church? You do not talk about those things, right? <laughs> they tell you, do not talk about those things. And now we're talking about those things. So this is really, really great. It's not only great for us as uh, staff members and as members of Mesquite ISD, but it's also great for our community. I want to also interject here that there's, um, you said that everyone has biases. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm afraid to tell you that sometimes you're not going to be able to get rid of that bias. But if you understand that you have that bias, you psychologically prepare yourself. So those little nuances that you do, those faces you probably make, the actions, you'll be able to control that. And eventually your actions that you're controlling will become habits and and you'll be able to then um, make other people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and and, and not limit, um, you know, their actions by your behavior. And I think that's that's important to mention. You're not you may not be able to get rid of of your bias, but recognize it. And then like we say in, in, in special education, make accommodations to ensure that you're meeting other people's needs. Yep, exactly. I want to make sure we have time to get to our new segment, the let's ask a question yes. segment. You can feel free to email us. We've got an email address. Let's talk at mesquiteisd.org, and every week we'll pick a topic or a good question to talk about. You've got one for this week. I do. Um, Actually, it's our strategic roadmap that uh, Dr. Rivera just mentioned, Um, and it is really interesting. So in terms of LET, in terms of the leadership and empowerment team, uh, we have three main focuses, and that is emerging leaders, which is definitely for all of our students. Uh, We want every single student in Mesquite, when they become a ninth grader, to join this group. It is going to be phenomenal. We are doing some really great foundational work right now some design work that I think is going to be really promising. The other thing that we are doing, and uh, Dr. Rivera mentioned this as well, is the professional learning piece. And so that comes from so many different aspects. It includes the book studies that we're doing as a um, district. It includes the professional learning that we'll be looking at. And and we are really going to delve deep and really take those deep dives into how we become really proficient for every single student that we serve here in Mesquite ISD. And then finally, of course, just the LET team itself. So it has really been um, set off in terms of six divisions, and we're actually looking at the scope of everything, making sure that every practice that we have, are we looking at it from an equity lens? And if we are doing that, we are going to get what we really want, which is uh, Dr. Rivera mentioned earlier. He talked about belonging. That was the one thing that they had in the Army and the military when they got to Korea. They knew that they belonged to each other, that they were responsible for each other, and that they were going to have each other's back. Our goal with our framework is going to be the same thing, because the truth of the matter is when you belong and you feel included, that is equity. And people don't often really realize that that's what equity is. It's all about belonging and including. So with that, that is our question (laughs) for the week. Well, thank you for the question and the answer. Okay. And thank you to you, Dr. Rivera, for joining us. Dr. Rivera is the Assistant Superintendent for Innovation and Leadership. We appreciate your time. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure being on on the LET Podcast. Let's talk. Yes. That's all the time we have this week. Please follow us on social media as Dr. Gully's got that up and running. Just use the search term LET MISD and you'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
For Dr. LaDonna Goli, I'm Ted Madden. Let's talk again next week.